Michael Oshlank here, and I'm talking to Stefanos Stefandos. He facilitates transformational growth through neuroempowerment practices and integration of spiritual practice and Western psychology to improve, evolve, and enhance the quality of your relationships. How you doing, Stefanos? Good, Michael. How are you, brother? Good, man. So uh, you and I met a couple months ago at the Seal Fit Unbeatable Mind Summit. Yes. Uh, your, congratulations, your fiance. Yes, I uh, gave a wonderful talk and yes. uh, you and I got the opportunity to chat a few times Yeah, and uh, highly impressed with your work and your thinking and uh, checked out your website and the work you do with men. And I was like, man, I got to get you on my podcast Thank to you. talk about your really important work. So, uh, but before we uh, kind of do a deep dive into your work, let's talk a little bit about you. What led you to become a coach and working really deeply with men? Yeah, it's a, uh... It's a, it's a question that I get asked often and I, I reflect on this and I'm not the first one to say this. And our voids become our values. You know? So what we, what we really miss out on in life, we, we were sort of driven and pulled, magnetized towards. And so for me, I really felt isolated as a young man. I really felt disconnected as a child, actually, and very alone as a child. And so connection, human connectedness, and, and intimacy has been the, the, the cornerstone of what I've been searching for, willing and wishing to embody, pursuing, thinking about both consciously and unconsciously. And, and for the most of my life, unconscious. And so because it was unconscious for so long, I didn't know that I was really yearning for and, and wanting intimacy and connectedness, like genuine connectedness in, in able to express and exchange communication. I, I expressed myself in unhealthy ways. So for me, it was, I was, I, you know, I didn't turn to drugs and alcohol. I was excessively uh, physically active, like exercising and moving the body and challenging my physicality and my emotional being in that perspective, from that perspective. And I was womanizing. I just, in my past, just women after women, after trying to fill this void of like trying to bond and connect, but it was just, I felt so empty. So I just kept pursuing more, just, just like drugs, just like alcohol, just like workaholism, whatever it may be, we pursue more of what we are, are searching for when, when we're really searching for it in the wrong place or in the wrong way. When I say wrong, it, it's not, I don't mean to judge that harshly. I mean, misaligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so I, my voids really became my values. And when I got, clear about that when i got clear about me when i transitioned from being really unconscious and ignorant into the of the world and of myself and moved into a more aware place i began to embody healthy postures of what it meant to connect and not move in extremes it was we do that as men so much and i did that so much i was moving in extremes so much was there a, a moment or a series of moments where you, where you self-reflected and you saw like, wow, there's a misalignment between what I'm actually missing and how I'm living my life and trying to get something out of these women in your life as an as example you gave? Yeah. Like what, what happened? Yeah. yeah. Michael, to be honest, very many moments, like many moments where I would be, I knew that what I was doing was not in alignment with my truth, yet I, I remained ignorant to it. I chose the easy path of ignorance. And that's what I did. And so really that became unraveled for me a number of years ago when I was with a, uh, my partner at the time and, and she found out that I was being unfaithful in, those relationship, in that relationship. And it was really then witnessing the pain that she was experiencing and the pain that I was experiencing from taking that action and being dishonest with myself and with her 
that I was able to make a, a very sincere choice to never be that person again because it just didn't serve me and it wasn't serving my life, my purpose. I didn't, it wasn't serving my relationships and it wasn't serving my growth. And so when I made that decision, I really committed. I went all in, was completely willing, all in, like to the point where like if, if death knocks on my door, then death knocks on my door. I'm not deviating from this path. Like I was, I immersed myself in the unknown, like being completely different, looking at my fears of the past, my childhood wounding, my traumas, all of the stuff that I experienced, the shame, the guilt, blame, parental stuff, all of that, all of the pain. And I said, if I have to end up in a mental asylum or it's death, then I'm there. Like I, don't, I just, I'm not living this life anymore because I'm, I'm just running. It's tiring. I'm just running and running and running and trying to fill my life with these empty fucking experiences that don't mean anything. Now, you already mentioned you're a coach or a men's coach. Did you seek out coaching, therapy? I mean, what Absolutely. kind of uh, practices, tools, technologies uh, yeah. did, you, did you seek out to get you more aligned with your path? I went, I went back to, to Roots and I went, I went to... Um, I went to tech as well. So I engage in neuroempowerment um, work, I spiritual counseling, psychology, all at the same time, mind you. Like I really went in. Like this is part of my extreme-ish personality. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went healing. I, I, I did a lot of basic things like just spend time with nature, okay. like spend time in the ocean, just more deliberately. Instead of being unconscious, so instead of distracting myself unconsciously, I would distract myself consciously from the pain, not to avoid the pain, but to give myself reprieve so I could deal with the pain when I had to face it in my day or my week. So I'd spend time in the ocean. I'd move my body with more specific intent, like, a, like an intent to say, well, what can I think about and feel into whilst I'm at this physiological state where I can take my body and take my mind and integrate it and begin to equilibrate and neutralize some of these really painful detrimental thoughts that I'm having through movement. So I started doing that, like basics. I started hanging around and mixing with peers and friends that really supported my journey and really understood me that I trusted, I respected and revered for support. And I spent a lot of time on my own, focused time on my own, sometimes crying, sometimes screaming, sometimes just watching a movie, just being kind to myself, sometimes journaling, sometimes reading, sometimes in hours of meditation. I did all of that and more. And so the tools that I utilized was being with self, being with people, seeking mentors from different disciplines, meditating, reading, educating myself, contemplating, being reflective, allowing space for reflection, not just consuming information and doing nothing with it, being able to regurgitate it, but actually embodying it. For me, it was the embodiment. That was where it was at. And so the, the, the silent time for, as a man really, really helped me a great deal. A great deal. And, I, and, and, and again, I'll say something really interesting. The majority of the, my mentors, and we can group mentors and there's like therapists, psychologists, healers, etc. The majority of them were women. And so it, it really opened up my heart space and allowed me to connect more to my emotional self while still maintaining or creating a healthy sense of masculinity, of, of masculine expression and integrity. And so I didn't lose the healthy aspects of myself. And that, for me, was very empowering. You know, it's interesting because all the things you just talked about show up in your program, community, 
yeah. not alone, the yeah. mental disciplines, the emotional disciplines. Yeah. It's, you know, it's amazing how your path is unfolding and how you help other people through your own yeah. pain and suffering. That's, that's yes. Cool. And we'll get into your program shortly. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned time alone and silence, and I, and yeah. I think it's a, a point to note that our culture doesn't really allow silence. I mean, nope. if you go to a gas station, there's now a TV you know, monitor <laughs> playing commercials. You go to a bar there's, or a restaurant, there's music or television. So if you're in an elevator, there's you know, a music playing. Or now there's even in some elevators that go high up, there's televisions. Um, there's no space for quiet. So it's amazing it's that yeah. you recognize the need for quiet space. Oh, crucial, man. See, what, what I find, Michael, men do is they isolate themselves internally and emotionally. And they distract themselves externally with lots of noise. It's like going to, it's like being in Vegas 24 seven, you know, it's like, it's like, that's what Vegas is. It's just like a massive distraction. There's just so much noise. there, so much lights and colors and sounds and just everything, you know, like in sex and alcohol and drugs and all the, all the hedonistic things that you could think of. And again, there's nothing wrong with hedonism and, and seeking physical pleasure. It's just that we do it in excess. And so what most men do is they isolate themselves internally and they distract themselves externally with so much noise and busyness. And that's what the isolation or the alone time I'm talking about. I'm talking about deliberate, conscious, aware alone time, like really spending time on your own with yourself, learning about who you are, facing your demons, your shadow self, all the stuff that you don't like about yourself and not judging the fuck out of that. Because if we judge it harshly, we will never actually want to spend time with it. And therefore, we never integrate. We, we remain fractured and we never move into a state of wholeness. So we're in this constant empty pursuit. And that's what I was doing. I like was just chasing our tail like a dog, just chasing his tail like a little puppy ran around. And so instead of doing that, puppies are so cute, by the way. I <laughs> had a vision of this little pup at the gym. He's so cute. He's five months old. He's like a Labrador. Oh, he's so cute. Anyway, I love animals. So I got to distract them like a little kid sometimes when it comes to things like that. So, so alone time was me really being reflective with me and who I was and like just taking ownership and responsibility of that. Like, and that's just as an FYI, that's the first tenet and principle of my 12, 12 principle conscious warrior model, how to be a healthy man is ownership, responsibility and personal power. And it's a massive, it's a massive framework or just that principle alone. But that's where it starts. And if we don't, face come face to face with all that we are because we're consistently judging ourselves and we because the ego self is going to push that away because it's too too intense but if we don't just soften ourselves and say it's okay okay i've been this person i've behaved this way let me really feel it and we feel it to a point and we say it doesn't serve me anymore i don't have to talk badly to it i don't have to be in disgust with it i just it doesn't serve me anymore. It's done and move on. So how did you go from doing all this great inner work? It sounds like you had a, you put together a nice community of support to work you through these practices and this process of growth and development. How did that go from that to coaching? Yeah, so I've always, not always, sorry, but I've been, so I've been in the health and wellness space for like at least 15 years probably more like 18 years in some capacity, right? And so I, in my early 20s, I, I, was, I, I studied um, degrees in uh, psychology and philosophy, behavioral science. So, so, so I've really always had a keen interest in the mind um, and, and human performance and the way we, we interact. So I've, I've been coaching in some capacity for many, many years. And so this iteration and evolution of, of, of coaching was, it was a natural progression 
because I've always had this yearning to really teach people and impart wisdom and, and knowledge. And, you know, we, it's said we teach what we need to learn the most. So I've just simply needed to learn a lot in my life. So my sole curriculum has been, as, as my fiance Christine says, my, the sole curriculum, my sole curriculum has been, well, you know, you've got to learn a, a shit ton. So we're just going to get you teaching that because that's, that's just what you need to do. They meaning, I'm being facetious, but my higher self, my, the essence of me or the fundamental purpose, purposes of why I'm here, you know, that drive that we have has driven me to teach so I can learn deeply. If, if I talk to someone in your life uh, previous to this path you're on, to, yeah. to maybe if I had a conversation with your fiancé now, who, who showed up before and who's showing up now? In terms of who I am? Yeah. Yeah. So who, who, are, who was showing up before in a nutshell, like to, just to give that, that expression of me some characteristics, was short-tempered, hyper-aggressive, dishonest, um, very much in the shadow, scared, and so aggressive through fear. Um, outwardly aggressive through fear, you know, physically violent, like and not with not with the women that I was with in any capacity, but just like just being a like a thug, you know, like on the street and just just fighting all the time, and 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 that that period was like from my late teens, early twenties, and just just that macho bravado and unhealthy expression of what it meant to be a man, you know, unable to channel my aggression, unable to channel my frustration. I was always frustrated. I was stop, start, stop, start. I was erratic. Um, yet there was this calmness and this intelligence to me, but it was just so short-lived because it was occupied by this tension within me, this aggression, this really short-temperedness, this judgment, hyper-judgmental, hyper-critical uh, expression of self. Whereas now I, I really feel I was, I'm, I'm able to really connect to my compassion and empathy. I'm far more stable. I'm far more certain and clear. I'm far more decisive. I'm way more placid and calm. Uh, and I'm just more discerning with how I move through the world. And I'm more confident as well, like far more confident. So my, my, my sense of self, my self-worth and my self-value that I perceive to have is heightened as opposed to it not being that earlier. Right on. So would you say that that path you just laid out um, from who you were to who you are is a similar path you find a lot of your clients going through. Yeah, definitely. So, and, and in different expressions as well. And I work very closely with both men. And it's interesting that like my one-on-one -on -one clientele and the individuals I work with in one-on-one -on -one capacity, most of them actually women. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Most of them actually women. It's just the, the group and I'm, I'm doing more group work with women, but it'll be released later on in the year. But right now it's, and the focus will always be men. I, just, I love working with men. Like it's, Watching a man like transform, but to answer your question, like go through this disconnected process of not knowing themselves, not being able to emotionally like emote healthily and intelligently, not carry emotional fitness, and then be able to own who they've been in, a, in and, and be supported in a non-judgmental way. This is what I experience and continue to experience in my life because I choose to surround myself with those people has been so liberating. And so it's so inspiring when I see that in other men and like witness that and experience that and hold that. And, I'm just a, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm a mirror. I'm a, I'm a tool. I'm no, I'm no guru or anything like that. It's just, these men are just willing, you know, like I work with people that are willing, that are willing to traverse their pain, willing to explore their fears, willing to change and shift or be it immersing in the unknown because man, like you know, you're sort of taking a step off this very high cliff and below you can't really see is the ocean 
pitch black? Are there jagged rocks down there? Are there sharks? I'm just going to jump in and just, and that's what people are doing. And it's so inspiring, man. It's so inspiring. Like it's, I can't, it, it, it speaks so openly to my heart. It's massive. Right on. Right. So some of the characteristics you described for yourself, you just said some of your clients might have some of those, but there's a, there's a broader category of men who find your work and find benefit from your work. Can you kind of give me paint a picture of different types of men who you've, who, you know, where they were and uh, as they've gone through your process, who they've become. Mm-hmm. So generally two types of men um, will, will come to me either men that are really hyper aggressive and have just can't, they're just uncontrollably aggressive, like whether it's emotionally, psychologically, physically, and they're just frustrated and there's so much tension. There's this like alpha male, quote unquote. And I don't like using that term because it's, it's been debunked, but for the sake of us understanding, the, the, we can say a, an unhealthy extreme expression of a dominant male is more an accurate term as opposed to saying alpha male. And so they have this, this, this unhealthy dominance about them. Or the other type of person is, other type of man that comes to me is this meek, fragile man that ha, is like hyper-feminized to some, some degree. So the, the, they've got an inverse in polarity. There's like this, this uh, uh, contra-polarity taking place within them in terms of how they express themselves in the world. Not, they don't stand up for themselves. They're not confident. They're not clear on who they are. They hide away and shy from the world. And so the outcome of, of working together and working in a group as well, one-on-one or a group, but especially the group work, is that these men listen more. They're open to the opinions of others. They're open to the belief systems of others. They have opened their hearts themselves. They're kinder with the way they speak to themselves, the way they think about themselves. They've forgiven themselves for, from, for their past actions. They've seen that they could have been different and it's okay that they weren't. And that's been a tremendous learning curve. So instead of being hard on themselves for that, they see that as an opportunity. So they're looking at life more opportunistically as opposed to I'm a failure. And so the relationships are improving. There's deeper love, deeper connection, deeper intimacy. There's more, there's no, there's more depth and breadth in the relationship in, in terms of the range of the experiences that they're having, how they're communicating. Problems and pain points are solved faster instead of like being dragged out for days, weeks, months, years, literally. And so there's some of the, some of the results that, that men are getting working with me. Talk, or, to, outcomes, yeah. talk to me about your, your programs because you have a few different programs. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Reclaim Your Kingdom is, is really the, the one that I'm just so deeply passionate about. Um, so I've got a number of programs. I've got a, a program on, on leadership of self. They, these are, so I'll tell you some of my online programs. The, the leadership of self, how to create harmony. So it's called Harmonious Balance, how to create harmony in the world. Um, vulnerability is the new black. That's another one around, um, you know, the practice and the mastery around vulnerability, especially for men. Um, conscious relating, which is really how to cultivate healthy relationships. These are online programs. The Conscious Warrior, which is the foundation for Reclaim Your Kingdom, and that's a 12 principle model on how to be a healthy man. Is an online version of that. So there's like five or six programs there. Oh, and Chaos to Clarity, which is, an, which is a life protocol, which is a massive, massive. There's the first program I ever wrote. And it was really, it, it, it incorporates so much of the practices that I've had and I've done in, in, in my life. And that's a complete life protocol. Like it's, it's massive. And so um, there's those. And Reclaim Your Kingdom is a three-month online immersive journey for men. 
And we get together every week. We cover a principle every week and we really deep dive. There's, there's rich lesson materials and videos that are included in that in a private Facebook group where we all jam together. And that's where the support takes place. That's where the magic really happens. So Reclaim Your Kingdom for me is where I really witnessed very fast tra transformations in men and in people. Um, and really watch men come out of their, their old self, the old paradigm with the collective influence and the individual influence and the, the unhealthy familial influences a lot of the time and come into a, this, this flourishing, greater, strong, discerning, vertical, confident man version of self. That's awesome. Yeah. So those programs are aimed at men, but I just learned from you a few minutes ago that you also yeah. work with women. So yeah. just just tease us a little bit with, uh, you know, what, what are some of the women's issues that you that come to you through the women you work with? And how do you work with women if, if, if in fact, this might be different than you work with men? Yeah, it, it, it is a little bit different. Some of the issues that arise, I mean, human issues are human issues, Michael, to really be honest, man. Like, the issues that arise are self-confidence, self-worth, you know, clearing part the past, like, um, really valuing self so that they can attract what they want in their lives, whether it be an intimate relationship. A lot of women come to me to, how do I attract a healthy man? Like, what do I need to do and be to attract a healthy man? And so we go through that journey and that process of what that means by doing the inner work on self, you know, looking at our belief systems, looking at our models of reality. You know, if there's any clearing or equilibrating or perspective switching that needs to be done for the past and really providing tools and embodiment practices that can shift neurologically, habitually and behaviorally and relationally that individual. So we do a lot of deep work like that with women. And so, and, and some women come to me and say, well, I'm a powerful woman. I'm like, I'm really in my power. I'm clear. Men are scared of that. How do I balance that feminine masculine expression within myself so I can attract the healthy man that can hold that? And so we go through that process as well. Nice. Is that uh, like one-on-one -on -one in person or, or do you also do like telework with uh, uh, with Most of the work that I do is, te yeah, is telework. Well, unless they, unless they happen to be in North County, San Diego, then I, and then I would occasionally do, I would do, yeah, in-person work because I do, I really like the in-person work because I'll, I'll use different somatic techniques as well, that, which I can do when we're on the phone, but it's not, it's not the same. So, um, however, Again, the embodiment practices that I have access to, I really help people step into their own individuality and empowerment, and they go and do that themselves. And that, that's very powerful to know that they can do that, not being directly led as well. So there's, there's pros and, not pros and cons, but there's, there's benefits to that, that style of, of mentorship as well. So you've brought up body, body somatics. Um, yes training it so I, I i think i know what you mean but for yes. some folks who might be listening to this or watching this and they're like what's he mean by embodying sure. things what's he mean by yes. somatic body practices can you give me a couple of ideas of how you might work with a woman or even with a man with some of these yeah. Somatic practices yeah absolutely so integrating mind and body so we really leveraging the body to understand the mind and leveraging the mind to understand the body and and so when trauma when we experience trauma trauma is generally it gets stuck in our nervous system. It gets stuck in our bodies at a cellular level. And so talk therapy is useful to, to, to a point. And then beyond that, we need to release that trauma and that pain, those unconscious, the unconscious body or mind, it really resides in the physicality, in the physiology. And so we need to shift that. And so some of the practices I would do would be breath work, whether it be uh, holotropic breath work, biodynamic breath work, um, my own uh, variant of breath work and moving, like being very hands-on in that somatic work. And so being, being hands-on in the body and speaking to 
a particular issue whilst moving and working on the body, like in a, we can call it in a massage way or, or trigger point way and so forth. And then having them express in a particular way or breathe in a particular way or emote in a particular way and use the body to shift some of that pain and use the emotions, the attention, the intention that we hold within ourselves to shift that pain out of the body as well. And essentially out of that person's individual awareness. Nice. Nice. So those are some of the somatic practices. Can you give mm. me, tease me with some of the other practices, tools, technologies that you also integrate into your work with uh, individuals? Yeah. So Psyche, um, which is unconscious work, um, hypnosis, um, timeline therapy, NLP, um, some, some CBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, awareness work. Uh, it, just, it, just, it just depends. There's so many different tools. Yeah. Sounds like you have a pretty uh, deep and extensive toolbox there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Great. And still growing, still growing. I feel like most of the time I know nothing. I know so little. That's how it feels. Uh, that's very zen of you. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say your personal cutting edge is? You know, where are you stretching yourself personally right now? Mm. Well, actually, right now I'm really stretching myself in my business, and what I mean by business is my my expression in the world, my um, my my brand, my presence in the world. Like I'm really stretching myself, like financially, you know, economically, and my business savvy. And I'm really because I'm wanting to impact as many people as possible, and at depth as well. I want to compromise depth in any capacity. So I really remain true to my writings and my expression. And at the same time, very open to, well, what do I need to do to hit the masses as well and to hit more people um, and really get them to see the message and all of us co-create together because when, when we're, you know, when we're co-creating together, we're all growing. And so I'm really stretching myself in that at the moment, taking, just moving into realms of the unknown. I'm also really stretching myself in, in such a beautiful way with my fiance in, in our relationship, in our sacred union. Because I've never been in a relationship with this much depth and breadth and honesty and just complete com surrender and just truthfulness. Like there's just, and such reverence and respect and just complete transparency. And so that's a, that's not a stretch. That's very natural to me. Yet the places that we're going, and I'm talking about the amazing places internally that we're both going through our sacred union, through our intimate practices that we have and all these new practices that we're engaging in as well, some tantric practices, some outside of that as well, you know, like psycho-emotional practices, communicative practices. Like that's really taking both of us, or I'll just speak for myself, but that's really taking me to another level of relating. And I'm taking that then into myself, into the people that I work with, into these conversations. And that's, that's fucking amazing. Man. That's beautiful. For me. That's awesome. And it, uh, you know, it's, uh, comes, comes clear when you guys are seen together. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Really nice. and, thank you. I'm also just stretching myself moving country as well. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the whole visa process and the whole, that's been very interesting as well. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening and not uh, watching, you do have a funny accent. Where are you from? Yeah, it's strange. I'm from Australia. <laughs> so from, but I was born in, I was born in Australia, but. I grew up in Greece and Australia, so yeah. Oh, I didn't know you spent time. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, the uh, accent's not native to San Diego for <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so uh, you, you you know, folks are gonna be watching this, listening to this, and they're gonna be like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Maybe it's a guy or even a female who's interested in, in some of these programs. Uh, how do they find out more about your work and specifically more about these different programs you kind of laid out? 
Amazing. Yeah, just so on my website, um, stephanossafandos.com or any of my social media handles, again, stephanossafandos. So very easy to, well, not super easy because of the name, but I, I'm not, it's not, like, it's not like I'm a John Doe where there's probably 100,000 of them out there or you know, John Smith or something like that. I'm, I'm, it's, yeah, it's a pretty, fairly unique name. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll make sure to spell it correctly on the show notes. Thank you. Thank and you. Include all your different social media. So it's uh, Facebook. Yeah, um, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Stefano Stefanos, Twitter as well. Yeah, I'm not very super active on Twitter, but you know, like I'm there. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I encourage folks to check out you on Facebook. You ain't even on Twitter too, because you have some great memes you put out. Thank you. Quite inspirational, uh, and you put them out on a regular basis too. Every day, every yeah. day. I'm very consistent. I, I really commit to giving, you know, what we call you know, quote unquote free content. Like I just, I, I put a lot out there, like. Uh, blogs nearly blogs uh, yeah as well on linkedin and, and my website yeah, very very active in that space that's cool we'll make sure to include maybe a couple of uh, things you've written up and uh, some of your memes because they are inspirational I, I see them all the time thank yeah, you Mark. good stuff so stefanos um i'm heading out back to your neck of the woods here in a couple of months hopefully we can get oh, together for, uh, good like coffee or something like that yes great to yes. see 100 that'd be amazing yeah and I uh, appreciate your time, man, and, and good luck with the stretching. And I definitely encourage anyone watching, listening, check out your work. And uh, everyone needs some growth and development so that you come see you for uh, working with you. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate this opportunity to come speak on your podcast, brother. It's been a, it's been a privilege. Cool. All right, man. Take care. Me too.